0: Welcome to the Be Transformed Podcast. I am Adam Levecki, and I am here with DK Kim, and we are your hosts. Thank you for joining us. We are in this space to help you renew your mind and transform your life. We will be having helpful, honest, and hard conversations about culture and the kingdom of God. These conversations will help you to not be conformed to this current culture and will help you to grow in Christ. Jesus commanded us to preach the gospel and make disciples. This is an ongoing digital discipleship discussion. If you find this helpful, please subscribe, review, and share the Be Transformed podcast.
1: Episode 16, Honor and Service.
0: I'm really excited for today. We have the deacon, not a deacon, the deacon, Joseph Garcia with us today. Which is exciting for me. That's exciting because Joseph and Erica have been with us from the very beginning at Rescue Church, and uh, they should—they deserve a plaque or something, some sort of gift of appreciation. Because when you plant a church, it's really difficult, and uh, there's been times where it's like I wanted to leave the church. So I'm sure they really wanted to leave. And uh, But they're here, and we love them. And uh, the deacon is someone who always adds value to whatever he's a part of. He's just a solid guy, not difficult to get along with, easy to flow with. And I have a lot of love and appreciation for him, and God is raising him up to be a voice. So I want to kind of just dialogue with him and ask him some questions just as it relates to the things that he's seen and learned From being consistent and serving. Because in in this culture, everything is so fast, so quick. But we've been at this seven years, going on eight years. And only now are we starting to see just some of the things that we're praying for. Things that I saw crystal clear from before our first service are only starting to appear in seed form now. And when I was thinking about this, I was just like, man, Lord, like, this is difficult. Like, you know, and he reminded me of the ministry and he reminded me how in year 10 of the ministry, there were things that I prayed for in year one and it began to begin to happen in year 10. And so I said, you know what? We're just going to be faithful. We don't know what it looks like. And uh, we're just going to trust the Lord. And so he's been someone who has trusted the Lord with us, and we have also seen God prosper him and bless him. And um, so we're excited to have him today. So thank you, Joseph, for being with us. Thank you for having me. So you've been here for a long time. What are some of the things that you would say that you learned or observed but in the beginning when this was all new to you? In the beginning. In the beginning, beginning.
2: That I learned. They were difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Tough (laughs) lessons. Tough lessons, yeah. (laughs) So uh, some of the things I learned right in the beginning was that, you know, I can't serve two masters. So right away, I came out of the world. And um, I would say, like, I would say when I really said yes to Jesus... I would say within one month, things radically changed in my life, within one month. And it, it, was, it was pretty crazy, it was like, um, it was supernatural, it was supernatural. But as soon as I said yes to Jesus and said I didn't want to live my life, because there had to be a decision, there has to be, there has, you have to come to a, a decision in your heart, like a place in your heart where, you, where, you're, where you're fed up and you're done, and you said that's enough. And I came to that point in my life where I said, that's enough. And I don't want to do this no more because I, I got pimped out by, by, the, by the devil for 10 years. I had confessed Christ when I was 23 years old. I didn't, I didn't say yes to Jesus fully until I was 33. Wow. So for 10 years, I, I got pimped out. And I didn't understand why I was going through what I was going through. But now I do. But at the time, I didn't. I didn't understand why I couldn't go to the same places and enjoy myself the way I did before. Things I didn't care about. Like I had no regards. It didn't bother me. I used to go to these places and have a, have a great time doing bad things. And I would, I would try to, once I said yes to, to God as far as like accepting Jesus my, as my Lord and Savior, and I tried to still like hang with my friends and, and do that, that in and out thing, every time I did that, I was completely miserable. But when I, when I first said yes to Jesus wholeheartedly, supernaturally, within one month, things began to change in a supernatural like divine connection started to happen. And that was when I, I met my pastor
0: now, one month after, after that decision. Which is crazy because, so I know his wife from when we were young, right? And we have some old mutual friends, some people are not alive. And uh, so we all came from craziness, you know, crazy. And the thing for, that, that was really shocking with me is And I have this same thing with, the, uh, with actually DK, since you're on this, uh, this podcast. I, had, I am not a trusting person. So I'm very loving in the sense of like, I love you, I'll extend myself. But just because I love you doesn't mean I trust you. Mm. And I had like a trust for Joseph in the beginning that it, to me, it didn't make any sense. Because I, I really didn't know him. And in reality, I really didn't know Erica like that either. So I'm like, but I had this trust for him, and so we meet at this prophetic school, and to me, the prophetic school feels like a complete failure. It's like a disaster, you know? It's like 15, 20 people in a room. It just feels like, what are we doing? <laughs> and I realized that there's times that there's something small that's happening, and you think it is, it's an event, but God is saying, I want to give you a family. Yeah. And God was preparing us for something at that time that we had no idea And um, it was actually a really nice, beautiful Korean guy, actually, named Paul Kim, of all names. (laughs) Because you're DK Kim, but I don't think you're related. (laughs) But uh, Paul Kim actually opened his office to us Mm. to have this prophetic meeting with Reverend Natal. And so now, this is interesting, because we we connect here, and God is building. Joseph starts encountering the presence of the Lord. And uh, there's something in God's heart, and his mind, that I have no idea about. You know, and we're just thinking, I'm just thinking from my perspective, like this is a failed school, and uh this is like this is not what i like i there's more than this, and then for him how did how did you interpret that same event
2: yeah it was it was interesting I didn't even know what the prophetic was i just um <laughs> I'm serious man I didn't know what the prophetic was, I just thought we were just gonna you know just pray and just have a Bible study or something, but I had no idea, so I was um I came, I was at the time going to a a Baptist church. When I had to accept the Christ, I was at a Baptist church in uh, Englewood. And um, that was a, I could get into a whole story with that, but it was God really touched me in that place where I, like, I literally jumped out of the chair. It was like, it's like the Holy Spirit pushed me out of the chair to accept Jesus. But um, after that, I, I didn't have a car at the time. So I didn't have a, I used to take a bus to go to church. So this Baptist Church. I just saw the name Baptist. I didn't even know the difference between denominations and what that meant. So I just saw this place that was near my house. It was convenient. I went there and a really good man, uh, Pastor George, bless him, um, really, really good man, a great teacher. Um, He really took the time to like, you know, like invest in me and my wife. And uh, when we went there, you know, I was going there on and off for 10 years. And then after that, I remember I used to play football every weekend. And then I, I you know, I stopped, I stopped playing in the winter and then uh, I started going to church and I started going to church and I started getting convicted because I felt like once football season came, I was back playing football, but I stopped going to church. And then I, I remember I, I felt convicted and I was like, dang, man, this is like, you know, I'm like putting football before God. And then, uh, I remember we were in that church and Erica was there with me. We weren't married at the time and we were living together. I don't recommend that for people. That was our situation. Um, and uh, God's, started speaking to my pastor about, about, um, you know, you know, not, you know, fornication, you know, living together with not being married, stuff like that. And I remember we were both convicted and we both said, you know, you know, what are we doing? I was saying to myself, Let him, what am I doing? I'm waiting for someone else better. Like, you know, like, it's like, no, this is the one, like, let's, let's, what are you waiting for then? Let's get married. So we told him we wanted to get married. We got married. And, um, I would say like, we got married in May. I would, I would say this was in September. That whole time, I was still, I was still smoking weed. I was still smoking cigarettes. I remember I memorized my first uh, Bible verse because they asked <laughs> me to help with a, 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 a true BBS. <laughs> and I was forced to memorize a, ba- a, 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 good. a Bible verse because I, I was, I was like helping out with the kids, and and all of that didn't mean nothing. Like you know, God was doing something, but it really didn't mean th- nothing. Like the word wasn't getting in me. And I remember I had a, I had a. An encounter where i really slipped and i did something stupid and i remember i felt so terrible about it that i felt so bad that i I wept and i cried for days Mm -hmm. and um it was the holy spirit just getting on my heart and i remember i called my oldest brother who's a pastor and um i said you know what i'm done i don't want to drink no more i don't want to smoke no more i don't want to do this i don't want to do that because at the time i'm married i'm like you know like 33 years old i'm just done and he was like good you know like you know, I've been like almost like he was waiting for me to get to that point. And he prayed for me. I, I, you know, I prayed some stuff. I renounced some stuff. And uh, I never touched a cigarette again, never touched weed again. Never, I can't say it, I never touched alcohol again, but I never had gotten drunk. And then now I don't drink alcohol. But, um, you know, I guess God still had to work with me in that particular area, you know, between uh, not getting drunk and still wanting to have a drink. That's a whole nother story, a whole nother met- message. We could probably do another podcast on that <laughs> for the church folks. But, uh, with a month after that that was the september like 9th i I remember um i met pastor and i had had been hearing about him because my wife was like watching him from afar Mm. and she was like you know my friend you know he was really like she would you know he's really doing some great things for god he's really going to he's been to china you know he's he's done this he's done that and i was like wow like you know that's pretty cool because i guess in me already was that that seed desire like that seed to to go to go. Just, I wanted to go. And, um, I remember I went to this prophetic school and I was just like interested in in seeing what they were going to talk about. Interested in, you got me? All right. Interested in seeing what they were going to talk about, interested in seeing what, what was going to go on at this particular place. And when I went there, it was the first time I experienced the presence of God sweep into a room. And, um, his brother Aaron was, was playing and the the presence of Lord just came and, and hit me and just washed over me. And I was just weeping and crying and crying and crying. I never experienced anything because there was so much shame. There was so much guilt. There was so much that I was carrying mm. that, that God was just ministering to my mm. heart. And I never experienced anything like that again. I mean, up until that point, not again, up until that point. And um, I remember I couldn't wait to go back again. Every, every Tuesday, I believe it was, I couldn't wait to go. Like all week, I would just read. I read, think he wanted to go more than me. Yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to because it was different. Not to say, like, I love, I love where, where my pastor where, was um, at the time where I was. My pastor was very good to us, but I had never experienced the Holy Spirit other than the conviction of God through the preaching of the word. I never experienced the Holy Spirit usher in a room with his presence and fill the place and minister to me the way he did when, when his brother played those chords and it was pure and it was sincere and it was real and i kept weeping i couldn't stop weeping mm. and i remember i wanted to go back cuz i wanted i wanted to experience god like that again and i remember prophet natel uh, laid hands on me and prayed over me and, and every word he said i can't tell you what those words are but but every word he said just like resonated with me i knew god was speaking to me i remember he was prophesying over me and one guy and, and every time he was like saying something that was towards me he would tap me and like he would tap me, like just to let me know, like, like, yo, this is you, just right? For you, and you like, Yeah. That. <laughs> and I remember I was just like, <laughs> like, wow, like God thinks that that much of me, like He cares like that much, like wow, like I felt like you know, like sometimes like God to do that, He'll He'll minister to you to like to a point that you feel like you're the most important thing to Him.
1: Yep. So just to set the stage for the listeners, this was the prophetic school that Pastor Adam yeah. launched. And
0: was this before a rescue? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So we used to have a ministry called Voices in the Wilderness. And so I wrote three books on the prophetic. But this whole school was based on a book that John Natal and I wrote together called Listen, Learn, Obey. So it's a prophetic manual. And John is a very special guy to me because he's the first guy that I ever traveled with who believed in me and had my back, and he still, he married my wife and I, and he's on the board of our ministry today. So we go back a long time. In fact, when I became friends with John, I walked into a room one time, and I cleared the whole room out, and the only person that stayed in the room was John <laughs> Natal, because these people, they were talking, good people too, they were talking about revival, revival, and I was like, revival is if someone spits in your face and you turn the other cheek, and nobody else liked um, that message or whatever. <laughs> and so everyone left the room and uh, and John stayed and, and John and I became friends there. and um, and so we we've been we've been friends ever since he married Sarah and I, and we go back a long time. Actually, I was texting him today. And um, so that that was someone that was really dear to me. And um, so that was the context of Joseph and I meeting in in real life, which is this is this is pre. Rescue. Mm -hmm. Rescue is not even an idea in my mind at this time. Right now, it's just
2: like, I guess we were just like getting familiar with each other. Mm -hmm. Because at that particular point, like, you know, I I just kind of wanted to be around like, and there was some other good solid people there, you know? So just to kind of have some golly connections, because I was like literally coming out of the world. (laughs) Like coming out of the world. Like my friends, like some of my best, you know, we all say, oh, that's my best friend. I I had like five good solid dudes that like are my boys. And a couple of them are no longer with us. They, they died. So, like, that's the type of people I rolled with. Like, you know, they, they didn't die because they died because of bad things. And mm-hmm. um, and I knew, like, I couldn't, I knew my life was, was you know, I knew it was in the balance. I knew that I, I messed up enough, and I knew that I needed to be around good people, solid people. So just to get around some people that were, you know, chasing after God with all of their heart was attractive to me. Um, I, I experienced the presence of God. God talked. To me pretty clearly in these places and i didn't want i didn't want nothing else and i just wanted to go like tuesday couldn't come fast enough and what's interesting is i was going to church sunday and church was cool but i wanted to go tuesday tuesday was i was really waiting for that tuesday because it was like more like sunday like you know the the worship was different you know the word was always solid but I, i i didn't i was experiencing god was was introducing me to something to more of him. Yeah. Something different, right? You know, yeah. if I wasn't if if I wasn't uh, experiencing him the way I was de- desiring to experience God, mm-hmm. he wasn't gonna hold that from me. And I believe that's why he put me in you know, in the path of uh, my pastor now, it's who's like Pastor the, Adam.
1: The Holy Spirit in you seeks the fellowship of the Holy Spirit in others. I yeah. think that, that's what mm-hmm. drives
0: us. Yeah. Your spirit bears witness with their spirit that we are the yeah. children of God. And, you know, desire always gives you direction. So when God is going to give you an upgrade in life and in the kingdom, he'll, he, he doesn't give you the upgrade. He gives you relationships that signify and help facilitate the upgrade. So let's say God is getting ready to prosper someone financially. He's going to bring you around kingdom people who have prospered who have a kingdom perspective. So you may be like, oh, yo, this guy gonna hit me with some money, but yeah. you don't need his money, you need his perspective. Yeah. And so, you know, I represented the direction that Joseph wanted to go in, in terms of him just being hungry for the Lord, the supernatural. And for us, it's like, I just wanna say, because everyone is coming from a different place. So for me, that's normal. So the way I was raised and the way I grew up, that's normal. So if that's not happening, that's not normal. So in my mind, we're not anything special, like we're not different. We this is normal. You know what I mean? So like sometimes you don't know how precious what you have is because you've always had it. Yeah. So I I was like I was just like me, I'm just trying to be faithful to the Lord and trying to steward the things that God has given me. And so in the context of like, and it doesn't matter how excited I am or how excited I'm not, I'm just trying to show up on Tuesday and give to people what God has given to me with love as a motive, with no strings attached, and trust in the Lord that the Lord is going to take care of my wife and I, our family, because we're, we were in, I was in full-time ministry. Like, it was real. You know, it was very real. And so it was a, everything, everything, bro, was a faith venture. I just want to add that because that's, that's really a part of the story, actually. Yeah. Because, like, he's like, yo, like, I'm getting my life changed. God is talking to me. He's crying. And I'm like, Lord, that's amazing. I got bills. <laughs> Lord, I need Robert Graham shirts because I got to preach every week. And I'm on camera. So, Everybody has things that God is doing, but we're also believing. So he's believing for more. I'm believing to keep the, keep the engine rolling. So it's like in the context of us believing, the Lord is in the midst of that. Yeah, And that's important because God meets us to the level of our expectation. So he, he was coming there every week with expectation, and God was meeting him there. And so that's why it's so important that we guard our heart because we can become so familiar with God and so familiar with what's happening and we can become, you know, disappointment can, can come in, can seep in, and then we lose our level of expectation. And then we're, we're like, we're, we're not experiencing what we used to experience because we've surrendered our expectation to disappointment because we didn't guard our heart. In real ministry, like because you're dealing with broken people. Real ministry is a baptism of disappointment. So it's not like, will you be disappointed? It's how are you going to handle disappointment? And so I just wanted to bring that up in the context of of everything because, you know, he's having expectations and God is meeting him, but I'm also having disappointment, not with him, but disappointment in the same context feeling like the same way he's like, yo, there's more than this. I'm like, yo, there's more than this. Mm. So, so it's interesting how God meets us where we are, you know, and then he brings people into our life that we're supposed to move forward with. So to me, if that whole prophetic school was literally just for Joseph, it was 100% worth it. If I wrote that whole entire book with John Natal, just for Joseph, it would be 100% worth it. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I did not feel that then. Yeah. <laughs> I was not feeling <laughs> that. But when you look in the long game at what God is doing, it's way different.
1: Mm. So then you guys, you know, you guys, there was a immediate trust, like a supernatural trust. Supernatural. Yeah. Because I don't trust people. Yeah. So you guys were marked at that time. And then, so what led, what led to another? And you guys are here today, like what, what, was, what was like the Holy Spirit doing between you guys after that?
0: I'll let him answer that because I think his perspective yeah. is probably more interesting on that.
2: Yeah, so I, what, what Pastor did was he, he extended himself to me. He gave, you know, we, we exchanged contact. We did that whole school at the very end. I couldn't do that school. Be, I couldn't do the last day of school because my, my grandfather at the time had passed away. And I remember I drove down to to Florida. I took my, my cousins down to Florida so they could see him. And um, I remember down there, um, there was something that got stirred up in me. And I remember from that point on, I went through like a, I would say like a good maybe three or four months We're really, really seeking some things from God. And Pastor made himself available to not, um to not, answer some of the questions but to to help lead me help point me in the right direction and allow holy ghost to reveal to me and uh just making himself available to me then became a friendship and you know being intentional about stewarding that friendship i would say like within a year after that him him and um sarah had called my wife and i into a a meeting and they had asked us if we wanted to um come on to, to service with them and like to serve together here. Cause they, God had given them a word on rescue on, uh, to start meetings in West New York. And um, I was so happy someone had, like, you know, that he would even, I was honored that he would even ask me. Cause I was just, I was at the point, I was at the point where I just wanted to be around. Like, you know, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about serving. I knew that I felt inwardly, I, I sensed that there was a call on my life but um, I just wanted to be like around, so I was just I was just happy with him making himself available and helping me out. But when he asked me to, into service me and my wife, I was I was honored. And it was like an automatic yes. I didn't know what that meant at the time. <laughs> you know, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know mm-hmm. it was like an automatic yes. I didn't know the what would come because of that yes. Yeah. But, um, not not that it's anything terrible, anything bad, but you know. You yeah, know, you what, never know what you get into. You never know what fully. Yeah. What, but I'm I'm glad that I I said yes and that my my yeses remained.
0: Mm-hmm. Me They're, too. And
2: they were still here by the grace of God because it, it's uh, it's by His grace that we're even still here. Mm-hmm. I mean, rescued with this church plant and everything. It's just a testimony to to you know what He's
0: called. God's faithfulness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so I I'm I'm glad that He answered that question because I don't remember that.
2: Mm.
0: You know, so it's interesting how each person experiences the same journey, you know, and because um, I remember them coming to Haiti with us, right? And I felt from the Lord. So let, let me say this. When God dealt with me, which is always, a, it's a, always a, it's an ongoing process, right? Especially if you're crazy. Um, but when when the Lord really began to, Attack aggressively the idea of selfish ambition in ministry, which destroys people. There was a shift in my life that happened, and the shift was that I went from task oriented to relational. Mm. Now I have to really be intentional about that because I by nature am task oriented. You got to get things done. Yeah, I don't I can rest. I can rest all day, all week, all month. I mean, I can take a sabbatical. You can preach 5 weeks, I don't <laughs> mind. I can rest good and eat good, but but when I'm on, like when I'm when I'm like okay, it's time to get into attack mode, I am task oriented. In fact, I lost my my stipend in Canada. Because I went into a meeting in attack mode thinking that we were going to get into a meeting to have a meeting about the meeting, and the Canadians wanted to be friends. I wanted to get, get people going to nations, and they didn't like me, which I understand. So I, I, I lost my stipend. I lost my salary there because I was very task-oriented. That jersey, New York jersey, jersey, like, does Yo, Like, what are we here for, bro? I'm not here to, you know. So, so I, I had this thing in my heart to invite them to stay. Because they came to Haiti with us, and I said we need they they should stay with us and hang out. Because in times like that, God God deposits things. The same thing happened to you and to us. Because we always think that the main thing is the thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't even when we and I went to the Dominican Republic to sign those papers. I didn't even have to sign. I didn't even sign those papers. Yep. I had to pay 100 dollars to sign those yep. papers to send them back to the Dominican Republic. I didn't even sign the papers we went to sign. <laughs> when you and I, DK yeah, and I yeah. and my wife were And That went was there. the main reason yet to go. Yeah, the whole reason, <laughs> supposedly. So, so all these things, God is a relational God. And trust is the currency of relationships. So Almost all of the important relationships I, I had and have, there was something in me bearing witness spiritually that I can trust this person. That was how I knew I was going to marry my wife. because attraction is good, but I would attracted to other women too. But I had a, I had a trust for her that was different. So, I, so in this context of him staying in Haiti with us, there was something in my heart that was happening. Because there has to be room in your heart for not only what God wants to do, but for who God wants to do it with. So, that's important. Yeah. Like, that's really, that's an important thing. So, I, I just felt like, one night I'm trying to sleep... And the Lord is like, and what was happening to me is I was traveling, I was full-time itinerant. And the more I was getting my prayers answered with that, the more I was feeling like I'm asking for the wrong thing. This is not what I want. What's happening? The more I traveled, the more I wanted to plant a church. Because when you travel, you see things. Some things are like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Praise God, I saw that. And you see other things and you're like, whoa, that's not what to do. And uh, there's a bunch of churches that we used to, you know, minister to. They're no longer churches. People went apostate, people died, which happens in life. Um, all types of things. So the more I traveled, the more I go, this is not it. I, I'm not going to spend the years of my strength building someone else's vision that I don't even know what these people are doing. Yeah. So I knew, I began to know intuitively in my spirit that I cannot fulfill the call of God without making real disciples. So now I'm, I'm just now I got it now it gets real life. I'm like, well, I'm not famous enough or popular enough to bring 15 people with me because that's some that's what some of these guys do. They have a whole crew of guys they're discipling. You know, Randy used to bring a crew of guys. Todd Bentley used to bring a crew of guys. So, you know, these guys have big ministries. They got a crew with them. And you can really disciple people in the context of moving. And I thought, that's awesome. But I'm like, well, I'm not that popular. I don't have that much money. So there's no way that I can do this. And this is not what God is asking me to do. So now I'm like, then I began to see there's the only way I could fulfill what God called me to do is plan a church. So now this is going on in my heart and my mind. And then one night in the fall... Um, it's at that time, fall of 2014, the Lord says to me, what you do in the nations, I want you to do in West New York. And I knew intuitively this was a church. And, uh, out of nowhere, I mean, they were, he was, he was really not, not to say Erica wasn't, but it was really in, in my mind, it was him. And there was a few other people, but I just felt like these people should be involved with this. And God was stirring my heart toward this area, and I didn't even know it, because if you go back, even you go back on the We See Jesus Ministries YouTube channel, you'll see that a bunch of videos are in the North Bergen area, overlooking the city, Mm. which I passed that way, because that's the way I drive to church every Sunday. And I didn't even know that God was doing something in my heart for an area that when I was a kid, I used to come here, smoke weed and look at New York City skyline. like, (laughs) So I had no idea that God was doing something in my heart for an area. And to be honest, for the first like three, four, five years, it didn't even make sense. And um I'm I'm just honestly like, to be honest, I'm just thankful for Joseph and Erica because there's a lot of things that would try to come and separate people from what God has called them to do because doing what God has called you to do is very inconvenient. It's frustrating. It's very discouraging and they're both very loving people. So when people would leave the church, it would affect them more than us. Cause we were already used to it in ministry, cause you know in ministry we just are used to it. So I, I had kind of like whatever. I'm not really built like that, and it it would really like like I would see it on them, like man, like and even his wife, like we would just, like it would bother his wife more when people left the church than my wife. I, so I'm like, man, like these are these people have a beautiful heart. They're sensitive. They love the Lord. They love people. And um, the thing that always has stood out to me about Joseph is that I think that there's one thing that's very exceptional about him. And I think that this is the thing that's going to help him fulfill his calling. He has a tender and responsive heart to the Lord. So if the Lord convicts him, he's responsive. He doesn't pretend like God is not talking to him. You know, like he's not in pretend mode. And that to me is really beautiful because that's an expression of, of true humility. Yeah. So that's why even he's on here because I'm like what are some of the things that you learned? So his first thing that he learned is like you can't serve God um you can't serve two masters. So w- what else like cuz you've been you were with like you you I mean Yes. Yes, yeah, so there
2: were <clears throat> there's a lot. So I we could we could really take this hostage. We're not going to do that. But um
1: <laughs> it's our podcast. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> DK is in control so, with the keyboard yeah, yeah, yeah. Over there. <laughs> yeah,
2: so um I think shortly after that, you know, with, with Eric and I coming on for, first, we were still we started out um with service at night. And uh so we were able to do two services. so like Eric and I were going to our, our church that we were attending at the time. And it's not like let me say one thing, it's not like pastor was trying to recruit us, like trying to steal us. At the time, we intended to meet like once a month initially. Once a month. And um we were we were doing two services, and then that once that once a a month thing turned into a every week thing. So we would go to church during the day, and my wife was on the 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 worship team there. She already had begin God begin to already start um, calling her to that, and um I was just there, and I would just go and you know and just just listen to the Word, and I, I would go to prayer. I would be like the only guy with my pastor would like like five or six old ladies, old ladies in like a, you know, Baptist <laughs> prayer awesome. room and we're like praying. And, and uh, I really had the time, like pastor and I were talking about this the other day. I don't want to jump around too much, but it's in alignment with what I'm trying to say here. So uh, enjoy the journey, enjoy the process because you, it goes by so fast and you think that this thing is going to be a quick thing and God is not into doing quick things. Yep. And, and I had that, that, that idea and he, he worked that out of me. And I, and I recognize that if, if God's building, it's going to be long and it's going to be tested and it's going to, you know, it's going to be some pruning. It's going to take time and he's going to work some stuff out in you because, um, you know, where he's calling you to, that, that stuff can't come. Egypt can't come with you. The more I was around pastor and around the people he brought around, the more I was aware of how messed up I was. <laughs> And I still am like a very aware. The more I'm around godly people, the yep. more I interact with godly people, I realize how screwed up I am.
0: Yep, me too.
2: And I'm like, I'm like, dang, bro, how did I even operate in the world? Like, <laughs> like I was really delusional. Like, because I oh, realize yeah. if I'm like, you know, really loving God and really seeking after Him, and I still see that I, I have a lot of work to be done. I was really messed up, and oh, yeah. I was just glad that God brought me around people that that were. Cause you could hide in, in like certain places, Yeah, you know? And I, and I felt like, you know, when God was, God was revealing things to me in this place and people that, that I would have never been aware of. Yeah. Like, Cause it's sad because a lot of places where I was, you know, there was the supernatural wasn't at work. Mm-hmm. My pastor is a great man. I, no, I would never talk. Great man. Love him, love him, love him, love him. He He helped me and my wife out a lot, a lot. But there was things that, that as I became more familiar with the scriptures that I, I just seen that there was things that were going on in the Bible, and I, I was wondering why I wasn't seeing this every weekend. And the more I began to see the, the praying for the sick, the going out, and it wasn't even about like just seeing miracles all the time. It was just about, you know, the church leaving the room, mm. leaving the building, and that was attractive to me. So then when I began to, to serve, I was serving for like two years both places, like serving here and then attending church and other places, still going to prayer meetings. I had started a men's group there. I asked, you know, cause I realized my pastor was taking on a lot and he wanted to do more, but he wasn't gonna do it all himself. So he gave me permission. I started a men's group. I remember at the time I knew God was, was bringing me here full-time, but in the process, um, he had spoken to me. And when I wanted to leave, I remember at one point, he said, what have you done to make this place better? at the time i hadn't done nothing because i wasn't serving so after we did that men's group i think that in that men's group a lot of men got ministered to and a lot of men got got touched and i and i and i helped in other ways but uh when when i knew it was time to leave it was because at the time um god i was i was open a barber shop and uh, i had someone working for me part time and and he would leave on a friday when the shop was busy and i needed his help i think it was a friday or a thursday he would leave. And then he Saturday he wasn't there. And I'm like, but he would come to work Tuesday. He'll be there Wednesday. I'm like, I need you to, I need you Thursday, Friday, Saturday. <laughs> I need you every day. And then I, I realized you you can't serve he couldn't serve me and his and the other place he worked at uh full wholeheartedly if because he was split. Mm. And then I realized like I can't serve my pastor here, and I can't serve my other pastor, I still call them both my pastors, because, like, I mean, I'm under Pastor Adam now, but I still call him Pastor George, he's a pastor, and he was a mentor, and he's a huge, played a huge part in my life, so I love him, and I honor him, but I realized that I couldn't serve him there, or him here, so what I do, I, I ask God, where is it that you want me to be, where is it that you're leading me, where is it that you want me to be, and I sat, and I listened, and I waited, and I, and it was pretty clear to me that it was here, that he was so there was a transition, but in the transition was where I realized that I was going to be able to fulfill my role to my pastor, and not only that, but for, um, really begin to start the journey and the process of where God has is, is taken uh, me and my wife as a family and also, um, you know, like, where, the, where, where my calling was going, you know? And it's not about, yeah. like, me individually, like, my calling and that. No, it's about serving, like, where am I going to serve? But in the process of serving— God will reveal all of that to you yeah yep. you know it's is once you say yes and you begin to be planted somewhere then 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 your roots can go deep and you can bear fruit mm-hmm. and it's not about the bearing fruit that's just part of the blessing that's just part of it but it's about being committed to to a place to fulfill the role um so to fulfill the role that you have and being yeah. committed to that and also getting behind i saw what god was doing in my pastor's life and and I I recognized it very early to be special, and and I knew that um, very early on that my life was joined to him, and I knew that where God was taking me, however wherever He was taking me, my family, I knew that it was joined to Him, and and I don't know when that I still don't know, you no one knows, but all I know is that that you know I'm gonna stay here, and I'm glad I'm here, and it's been seven years, and God is faithful, He's proven that to us time and time again, and um. So that's kind of like the.
0: Yeah. And just the way I experienced what he's talking about. For two years. I knew that that was the reality. But I couldn't tell him that. So the decision that he made. I knew from day one. The Lord told me to be quiet. and Don't say anything. And just love him. That's it. Mm. No strings attached. Just love him. So, just because you see something doesn't mean you should say something. Yeah. That 2 years was was critical because anything that's real has to be tested. And that was I myself was going through a process that was necessary because there's some people that God has to call them forward and say, hey, come on, it's time to speak up. But then there's other people that God is like, shut up. Don't talk. Be quiet. It doesn't matter what you see or what you know, what you feel. Be quiet. And that was for me, like, when I met God, like, I got crushed. Like, some people are like, God, you know, picks them up, and they're like, oh, like, you're, you know— I got absolutely destroyed. The way I got saved is like, God is like, you absolutely, you really, he said, you really, really need me. So it, it was like, I needed that firm type of father, like instructions. And for me, like there was things that God had to beat out of my life that was necessary for the removal of things to make room for other things. Because when you know something for 2 years and you sit on it when it's in your nature to let it fly and just say it straight but respectfully but straight that's that's like painful for me that was really painful and so you go through all these things because God is forming you you think that God God is building the church yeah he will build the church but he's also building you and to build you, there's things that he has to break and remove. And, th- for example, the primary and first expression of love is love is patient. If it's not patient, it's not love. So, I, I cannot say I love him and really say I love you if I'm not going to be patient with you,
1: yeah. So that's a that's a perfect example of how you honored Joseph. There's honor there. You're not you're not trying to get fulfill your agenda. You're you're honoring his path and his journey. And that's actually one topic I want you guys to talk about is honor, because um you know I walked into rescue you know earlier this year. I meet both of you guys as leaders of this church, and that's the first thing I felt immediately is like this there's a culture of honor here between you two and your relationship with each other how you honor other people in the community and just everyone in the family and a lot of that is built on what you say about each other but it's also what you don't say about each other or you know it's like both
2: oh for sure yeah
1: so i just felt like wow i could learn a lot about how you honor others through you two specifically so i just want you guys to talk about that like you know what what is honor to you like is that like a you know, like a conscious thing you think about. I don't know, you guys just do it so well. You guys represent it really well. So, like, I want you guys to talk about that.
2: Yeah, so I think honor comes to me, like, naturally. Because I come from a, a house, even though it was filled with dysfunction, a house of respect, and a house of, even though I was very disrespectful at times, but there was a form of, dis- there was a form of respect, and I come from um, seeing my mother. She's, she shows hospitality very well, and that's a form of, a form of honor and uh seeing that and and then just kind of like being in the being like in an area like my job and service and just like serving people it's very it's easy for me and then when God when you meet God and he 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 reveals himself to you and then you see the scripture and you see how Jesus is he comes as a servant you know he doesn't come to you know to, you know I'm God he comes like no low real low mm-hmm. and then um so I think when when you see that in in scripture and then you see and you read and you you see what honor is, you see the fear of the Lord, you see reverence, you see honor your father and your mother and and then you see what that word means there's there's so much attached to that word and what it means, and then it has to play out in how you live and how you how how you do church right if i can't i can't I can't fulfill my role in serving my pastor and getting behind him and and, and doing what, what needs to be done if I can't honor him, because then there's no respect. If I don't respect him, I'm no good to him. And then you see that, and then it's going to be, it's not going to, you're going to see that when you come in. And, and like, you know, I just think that it's is, is natural. And I think if I honor God, right, then I'm going to honor the man that he put to, to lead me, who he put as, as, to plant this church. He didn't ask me to plant, plant this church. He asked him to plant this church. He asked me to come serve Him. So I, I got to honor that. Mm. And, and mm. through that honor, it will eventually lead to promotion. But I'm not here to be promoted. I just know God's good and He will promote me. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for a promotion. I'm not looking to be seen. I'm just looking to serve God by serving my pastor. And I'm looking to uh, serve God by serving His people. Mm. So when, when people come, one of the things that I'm, I, I, God is working on me is being more relational. Because I, I was very isolated and very introverted but um you know I know part of the kingdom is is if you're really going to serve people you have to be more intentional more relational and that's something he does very well Mm. so I'm learning that from him and then on the flip side of it like you're not gonna I'm not gonna talk about him you're not gonna talk to me about him like you know like you know it's very clear in the scripture you see what happens when people talk about their leaders you know, and, and he doesn't give me nothing to talk about it. If there's something I have to talk about, I'm going to talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. And if there's something he has to talk, he's going to talk to me about it. And there's throughout the years, I think there might have been three conversations that we had to really talk to each other about it. But it never went to no one else. It went to each other. It was a private. And it was never bad. But I trust him with my life, and that's just what it is. So for me, it's, it's a natural thing to, to, to serve him. It's a natural thing to serve his wife. They serve us probably more than we serve them. And uh, and his household, I never experienced nothing but hospitality coming into his household. The first time I met his parents, I felt like I belonged.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I felt I was like, yo, they taking like you, you, uh, like, like a reject. I felt like a reject coming into a house where I belonged, you know. And it was like, mm-hmm. I was, I didn't feel like I. if It was a different vibe, like going into the house. I was like, wow. And we're not talking. No one's perfect. People, we all have our issues. Oh, yeah but you're talking about people in terms of hospitality and honor they modeled it and embodied it and it's a learned thing too right God teaches you and i learn I, I learn a lot of it from him. God shows me in scripture, but I learn a lot of it from him because he embodies it his father embodies it his mother embodies it Sarah embodies it so it's it 's natural for it to get hold of you
1: yeah that's beautiful and honor begets honor so what I see in this house is um honor from the top and it just flows out and it just creates a culture of honor.
0: That's what I'm seeing here. Yeah. I love his answer because it's, it's relational, but it's also biblical. So the Baptist roots come out for me. It's like, this is the first commandment with a promise and honor adds to the quantity and the quality of your life. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, that sounds like a good idea. So that's, that's one. Another thing is it's an expression of humility you will always honor what you value. So if you value people, you'll honor them. If you don't value people, you won't honor them. And one of the things that I learned from my mother, um, if you can't say it to them, you shouldn't say it about them. And so if I have something to say, I'll say it gracefully and privately. And I think that it's important in terms of building a culture of honor, that you celebrate people publicly and you bring correction privately. The only time that correction should be public is if the sin is public and the person is unrepentant. Other than that, it should be privately, gracefully, and humbly. Because I'm not saying what I want to say to get something off my chest, but I'm saying what I, what I need to say for the benefit of the hearer. And so I think that um, that's important to to remember. Another thing, too, just on a practical level, years ago the Lord spoke to me and he said there's three keys to promotion. And he said it was humility, honor, and excellence. So if you embody those three, then uh, there will be promotion. And, And it's the same way of saying faithfulness leads to Promotion. It's the same way the proverb says that a faithful man will abound in blessing. So, what I should pursue is faithfulness, not blessing. And and the same thing is, I shouldn't pursue promotion. I should pursue humility. Humility means I need God, it means I need people. Honor is the interpersonal expression of humility. And excellence is since I value the people I'm serving, I want to put out something that is excellent for them. Mm -hmm. So excellence is not based on performance, like how the world, we're going to perform for you. I'm not here to perform for you, but I want to take seriously what I'm doing because I value the price that Jesus paid for you. And I also value also, to be honest, I also value my own life and what I'm pouring my own life into and if I'm going to do something, I want to do it with all of my heart. I want to do, I want to come ready. I don't want to, I don't want to play games. I didn't come here to play games. So I think that th- these are things that we want to have within our culture because whatever you honor, you have access to. So if, if someone is, is a dishonorable person, then they do not have access to people that can really help them. Most people lack the relationships they need to succeed in their calling because they grew up in dysfunction and dishonor and haven't learned humility and therefore don't have access to people that can help move the ball down the field. And I think that that was something that I learned because the Lord spoke to me and he said, if you want to cut your problems in half, hang out with people twice your age. So, virtually all of my friends are further than me and almost all of them are older than me because I don't want unnecessary problems. I used to have a a whole lifestyle where I literally made problems for myself. Like they were all self-inflicted wounds. It wasn't like my mom did it, my dad did it. It was me, 163% of it was me. So it's like, why would I want to have relationships? Why would I want to bring dishonor? And and also, too, like, whatever you honor, you'll get more of. Whatever you celebrate, you'll get more of. Whatever you reward, you'll get more of. Mm-hmm. And I always just seen, you know, Joseph as a humble guy that just loves the Lord. He has a sincere and pure heart. So it's kind of like, if you can't honor someone like that, there's something wrong with you. Like, to me, if someone has a problem with with Joseph or, like, Sarah, I'm like, something's wrong with you. <laughs> like, because these are easy people yep. to get along with mm-hmm. and you're like that too like mm-hmm. if someone has a problem with you it's like they have a problem yeah. because you're easy easy going easy to chill with vibe with and, and just boom easy And so I think that that I, we want to create an environment where where people growing is natural and I think that honor is 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 it does that and and it's also like, there's a scripture that I have um, that is is really very important for me. Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. And I learned this in the ministry. The further I went from home, the better things went. <laughs> so I've decided, why don't we take that environment here so that things can go well here? Because... That principle and what he's saying is to unregenerate Jews who are not born again, who rejected their Messiah. He's not talking in the context of a new covenant church. And so if we can create an honor culture, a culture of honor here, then everything that God planted in people can grow if they want it to. Now, if they don't want it to, I can't I can't get into that. I don't I don't I don't do that. But if you want it to grow, if you if you if you want to celebrate what God has put inside of you and you're serious about that, and, and I have found that if anything else means more to me than that, then I won't have that. Mm, yeah. But if what God put inside of someone is what they want most, then if you create a culture of honor, what is organically in them as they seek the Lord will grow.
1: Yeah, and Pastor Adam, what I see you do really well to express that honor is you actually make space, you create space for people to step into and grow. Where did that come from? Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, that is that is. Um, I was spir- I have a spiritual father, and both men that have been fatherly in my life, the most fatherly men in my life are by temperament the opposite of me. <laughs> both patient men, kind, just just really. So God used these men to bring formation in my life. But Steve Stewart was a real releaser, an exceptional uh, equipper and a real father. And I have tremendous experience with him and I learned things from him that really changed my life. And one of the things that I learned that a father is a releaser and a receiver, not a controller, not a manipulator. And so one of the things I learned early in the ministry is that if you create space for people that others won't, God will show up. And so, you know, I just think that you have to kind of like it goes into kind of what Paul said in, with Corinthians, I want all to learn to prophesy. Okay, cool. We, so there has to be an environment of learning, which means people have to be teachable which means there needs to be teachers. But Paul said there's many teachers, but there are not many fathers. So it's it's having the spirit and heart of a father that creates a real atmosphere that people can learn. But here's the thing about learning. There is no way that you can learn without making mistakes. Mm -hmm. There's no way. Not me, not you, not anyone. So you have to be okay with people making mistakes, fumbling, as long as they can be corrected and teachable. We have no problem. Because I made some mistakes. I was crazy. I, you know, and I, you know, so you, I just want to create space. But there are three ways in which I look at someone or something and I determine if this is going to work or not. In other words, I have three levels of trust. There's three levels in which I determine if I'm going to trust someone. Number one, your motives. Does someone have pure motives? Number two, your perception. We have to have an agreed language. And if you look at this, you have to say, this is a microphone that I'm talking on. You can't call this an elephant. If you call the microphone an elephant, we cannot communicate effectively because we're not in agreement. So... Perception is the second way in which I determine if I'm going to trust someone. Their perception has to be accurate. It doesn't mean we agree about everything. It just means that there's an agreed perception and agreed language. The third way I determine if I'm going to trust someone is, do they have the power to fulfill what they promised? In other words, can they do what they say? So based upon that, their integrity determines how much I'll trust them. Mm -hmm. So I will not trust them more than their integrity will allow me to trust them. So they're the ones that determine if I trust them or not. I just opened my eyes. Yeah. I don't lie to myself in Jesus name anymore. To me, that's not faith. That's unwise. And it's unwise because when you're responsible for other people, you're going to be held accountable for what you let happen. So, so if I, let's say I have someone in my house, this is my house. If anything happens there, I'm responsible. Mm. So this is not a thing of like being standoffish or thinking that you're better. This is like, yo, you are responsible for people. And in addition to all that, you're going to be judged double. And in addition to that, people are going to judge you based on not my motives— but my actions. So we judge ourselves based on our motives. We judge other people based on our, you know, the actions. So that, you, you know, you have to be aware of these type of things and then move from, like, as a pastor, I have to treat people better than they treat me.
1: That's got to be hard.
0: Oh, yeah. And you have to, I mean, people who curse you, you pray for them, and bless them. Um, uh, people who don't understand the value of what you're trying to to instill in their life, you know, they think that they're mad. You know, I'm mad at you. I'm not mad at you. I love you. I want what's best for you. And if you don't want what's best for you, then I'm sorry about that. But and so there's many different things. Um, you know, you speak well of people; they speak evil of you. You a whole bunch of things. But those things, to me, once you're once you're settled on the gospel, that that's not really the issue. The issue really is and creating a culture of honor, who do you pour into? Who do you spend time with? And to me, I'm at a point in my life now where if we're not moving the ball down the field together, I don't have time for that. Not because I think I'm anything, just because of the demands on my schedule and what I have to do and what I'm going to be held accountable for. For example... I'm not responsible for someone who doesn't respond to me, so I'm going to spend my time with people who do respond to me. So, so it's just, there's things in your life that you, and I'm also going to not, I'm not going to neglect the people that I am responsible for, for people who don't respond to me. So, so you, you just have to just determine which direction you're going to go, and you cannot allow other people to set your course, you know, and, and that's very, to me, very simple. I, we got off on a tangent there. No, I'm sorry about good. that.
1: It, yeah, Joseph, you, um, you know, you're you a business owner, and as a, as a boss, employer, like, how do you see that the honor and all that kind of play out in the, in the workplace?
2: Yeah, so <clears throat> first and foremost, what I've learned over the years, if, if you can't, it's hard to, if you don't honor God, right? If you don't believe in God, you're not going to be able to treat people the right way. You're not going to be able to honor people if you can't honor God. Yep. So first, as a believer, it's my, it's my job to honor people because they're all image bearers. No matter what, how confused they are, what they believe in, they still, they're they still, yeah, they bear that's the beautiful. image of God. So number one, I, I treat people with honor because they're image bearers and because I want to treat people the way I want to be treated, right? So at the end of the day, I don't want to be treated like crap. So no one likes being treated like crap. So you treat people with respect and honor.
0: Yeah, that's right.
2: You you um. It's one thing to to trust someone, you know. You can extend levels of trust, and and then you can build off of that. But you know, honor you you honor people, and uh, that's that's something that I try to create in the in the workplace. But before, I believe that before I even had a barbershop, God showed me how to honor someone who didn't honor Him. Wow. So I worked in a place that uh, my boss was an atheist. He knew me when I was completely out of my mind. I'm talking about like I was a, I was literally out of my mind. And um, I worked with him in a shop and he seen how crazy I was and he seen me, I came like years down the line to come work for him. And in uh, that, when I came to work for him, I was uh, a lot better. And um, I remember when, when I began to work from like within the first years when I had gotten like really radically saved. And he seen me go from like a reputation of being a guy who was a drug addict, being a guy that, that did some crazy stuff and um, being a guy that had a reputation for, for hanging with real rough people and, and, and just being reckless. So he seen me go from one extreme to the other. And when I began to, to follow the Lord, he really began to antagonize me. Like the like the, the, the devil in him would, would antagonize me. And he would say things and and do things. And I would get really frustrated with him because I wasn't saved enough to, to not want to, like, do something to him. So I was really, like, working through those feelings. So I was just... Uh, <laughs> So I was like, you know what? And I'm just like holding my breath and just trying to like, you know, get through. And I would go back and I would react sometimes and I would get mad and say stupid stuff. And, um, you know, but during that time, I remember that he, I was getting upset with the environment because it's really like crazy music. I'm upset with the music I used to listen to, right? I'm like all upset now. Like, I can't be here. It's so evil, right? You know, like I went and I got real religious for a second. But uh, I remember in that environment, um, I would be upset with him because I'm paying this guy rent. And my, my clients would go to use the bathroom. There's no toilet paper, you know? And I'm like, the floor is nasty. The trash, it stinks. It's, like, you know, grimy. And I'm just like, yo, what with this guy, my, my clients, right? My clients are going to, you know, I'm going to go get some stuff for my clients. And, you know, I'm going to get toilet paper for my clients. I'm going to do stuff for my clients. And I remember God spoke to me, and he said, treat this place like it was your own. Hmm. So right away, what God was, was, was telling me is, don't go... And do it for your clients you do it for him wow it's his place so what he was doing right off the rip he's telling me to honor him in the workplace and by me doing that i would go to to the dollar store because at the time i didn't even really have much money mm-hmm. so like I, for me to go i'm going to a dollar store i'm buying cleaning supplies i'm buying stuff i'm cleaning up no one likes cleaning up someone else's pee you know no one likes cleaning up stuff they mess they didn't make mm-hmm. so I go to the bathroom. I'm doing that, and then what I don't realize is, <laughs> when I'm doing all of this, yeah. the man that he mocks, the man that, that 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 he agitates, I'm embodying Jesus to him in the marketplace, and I'm not even realizing that. Wow. I'm honoring him, because when people come there, they're not gonna say, "Yo, Joe did this." They're gonna they're gonna say, "All right, this guy had a pretty clean bathroom," you know. It's, the barbershop, the name of the barbershop, I won't say it on there, but the name of the barbershop, it's a clean place. Mm-hmm. It's a place that, you know, you, if you use the bathroom, you wipe your butt. Not, 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 not have no, no toilet paper there, you know? Or like, it's just, you know where I'm getting at. So, mm-hmm. in the process of me doing that, I would say like within a year, God promoted me and gave me the opportunity supernaturally to have my own place. So, when I. When I Honor leads yeah, to promotion. Yeah, when I tell my guys, like, like, listen, sweep. I'm telling them sweep, not because I'm, I'm, the, I'm the boss and I'm telling them to sweep. I'm trying to put something in them. Because if you can't sweep for a place that you don't own, you're not going to sweep when you own a place. That's right. I'm not telling you to, If you can't do that now, you're not going to do it later. Mm-hmm. If you can't honor me in the workplace now, you're not making room for your future. But they don't see it like that. And what they don't even know is that right now, I, they don't know that inside me there's, there's, there's a word... To to reduplicate what I'm doing, and I'm looking for a guy to have a heart. I'm looking for a guy to to want what I want. To to you know, I'm looking yeah. for a guy to entrust yeah. my place with and plan another shop. Mm-hmm. But these guys won't sweep, <laughs> you know. So it's like, you know, that stuff is hard. It's like you want to you want to teach it, but the way you teach it is by sweeping yourself. Yeah. By cleaning up poop you didn't you didn't make. Yeah. You didn't make a mess with. By by. You know, so like, I'm just giving an example of, of honor in the marketplace. Like, you know, for, for those who are who are working somewhere, maybe your boss you don't even like, mm-hmm. you don't have to like them to honor them. Tell the people. You don't have to. It, the commandment pastor was talking about, about honoring your father and your mother. Some people have a problem honoring their father and their mother because they don't, they had a, their, mo, their dad and their mom wasn't there for them. Yep. They have, they have a wrong image of father in, in heaven, yep. so they can't even honor God in heaven right because they have that mommy and daddy issues. But I say to you now, God will work all of that out of you, and you don't have to even be associated with your mom or your dad to still honor them. You can honor them in your heart. You can honor them how you speak about them. You can honor them to, to not say what they didn't do in your life. Yeah. You could pray for them. Yeah. And all of that is going to do is going to make room for promotion, that word honor, I, I got it on an index card. That word honor is the same word as kabod. It's, it's glory. It's, it's glory. It, it could increase, too. Mm. You uh, know, it could increase. It leads to, to be, it's, it's heavy. It, it should mark you, right? When you <laughs> honor somebody, it, it leaves an impression. When someone honors you, it should leave an impression. That's yeah. why you have good and bad impressions when you meet people that... Guy rubbed me the wrong way. Maybe there was something that he didn't honor you with. Maybe you got offended. Maybe maybe that's personal issue. I don't know, but there, there's uh, <laughs> there's honor rule. There's abound. You, you're supposed to when you honor people, you increase. You abound. There's there's abundance. There's uh there's it's to be very very great to prevail. It's to promote and to be rich. Everyone likes that word rich, right? To be rich, but it's it's when God promises a long life. And land, he's promising you to live long in the abundance. In that land, there was fruit. In that land, there was places they, that they didn't even build. There was, there was yeah. fruit. In that land, there was a neighborhood. It wasn't to have things for yourself. It was to be in an environment with people that were all blessed. Yeah, it was, an it was an environment of honor. When you do that and you create that environment, you create a space for God to be welcome. You create a space for the glory of God to come in and mark people. You, you know it's transformational, so when you have that 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 honor, people come in, they experience and they leave change, and they say, "I want some of that, and it's contagious, yeah. because you can't be in a place like that and and, and not rub off on you
0: mm-hmm. yeah and and i I think that if you even listen to his story the the core motive is humility, so like when when, when you're when you're there like in a bathroom like cleaning a bathroom for someone else who is actually dishonoring you that's not only merciful but that's humble and merciful and the expression is service and honor but that was the thing that positioned him to not be there anymore (laughs) you know many people run because it's uncomfortable instead of passing through that test and learning from it and letting God promote you. Many people try to promote themselves instead of letting God do it. And the thing that I see with Joseph is that he, he has let God do that. I mean, it requires work. It's not like, but when God does it, anything that God builds, he sustains anything that I build. I have to sustain that's really hard work. That's a really where you out. You know, like Bill Johnson teaches like whatever you got by self-promotion, you have to keep by self-promotion, which is very tiring. When God gives you a promotion, God sustains what he builds. And so it's just a really different thing. And our heart, you know, Joseph and I, I can speak because we're, we're one voice in the sense of we want to create and keep creating environments where people can flourish, hear God's voice, step into their calling, and live in the benefits and the blessing of obedience. And we want that for everyone who wants to be in this environment. If you don't want that, then this environment is probably not for you. But if that's what you want, then you're welcome to that because we value people Because of the price Jesus paid for them. So the core, the foundation of this value is the price he paid. Because the price someone is willing to pay for something is the thing that determines its value. That's why when something goes on sale, Mm. what does that tell you? It tells you it was overvalued. When you buy something that is valuable and it appreciates, Mm. that was a wise investment. You see what I'm saying? So now when you invest in people, they are more valuable to the world around them because you invested in them. Now, nothing you do or say can change the value that Jesus placed on you when he shed his blood. So in that sense, your value is, is priceless. But in, in, the, in practicality, when, I, when you invest in someone, they become more valuable to the world around them because they received an impartation. In other words, Joseph and I are not the same people when we started this church. You know? And because of what God has deposited in us, because of the price and the grace and the experiences, I'm more valuable to the world around me because God has dealt with me. You know, you think of how much your life has changed, how much value, you know, he adds to other people now. It wasn't like that when, 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 when we first started, and me neither. But when you stick with God and you keep walking with God and God keeps investing in you, then, you know, you're, you, you are an appreciating asset mm-hmm. to the okay. kingdom of God for the purposes of God, and we are ambassadors of the kingdom, So that's something to just remember that honor and service is who we are and what we do because we're sons in the kingdom. And so, you know, for those of you listening, maybe you were dishonored. Maybe someone abused you. Maybe you were neglected. Maybe you were, uh, they spoke evil about you. You were falsely accused. I just want to encourage you to forgive those people because when you let them go, it's letting you go. And when you confess what you've done wrong, you position yourself for God to make things right in your life and to take you into everything that he has for you. And so in the context of be transformed, we want to see you uh, to to be transformed into his image, into his likeness, and not only to be an image bearer uh, in doctrine, but be a light in the world in reality. And, and so we just want to just encourage you that no matter where you find yourself, that that just keep walking with Jesus, let humility be just a posture of your heart, learn honor and learn service so God can continue to promote you in everything that he has for you.
2: Yeah. Amen. Man, keep your integrity.
0: Yeah. Joseph, keep
2: keep, keep your integrity. Like, integrity is huge. So... If you, I even wrote this down because I didn't want to f- forget it. The word integrity, when you look it up, it means innocence. So, so the enemy is after our testimony. Yep. Right. So you guard your testimony by integrity. Right. So think about it in, in court. You want you want Jesus to be your advocate, mm-hmm. right? Not your judge. Right. You want you want you want to be blameless. That's right. So there was there was something that was going on recently. I was telling my pastor that, that God, you know, God was was showing me some stuff that. He doesn't even want me i'm not not even like bad stuff but it's stuff that you know pastor pointed out he wants you to be blameless Mm -hmm. it's not i don't want people to confuse that like you know you want to you know you know you want to be not not perfection you know even though you jesus is perfect and he's in you Mm -hmm. and you and you work towards that but the thing is to you don't want even the people that are in the world shouldn't have anything ill to say about you Mm -hmm. i mean the devil will speak lies right people will say wild stuff but you want to walk you don't want to You know, you wanna be clear.
0: Let the accusations be yeah. false. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and you know what? The devil will do some funny things. Like I was reminded even coming into this podcast, like of a couple of things, couple of stories where where um wild stuff. Like I remember one time I was in the supermarket and I remember I called pastor and mm-hmm. I was in the supermarket. Like crazy things like this happened to me. <laughs> and I'm I'm in the I'm in the line and I bought like a lot of food. A lot of food. Like like close to it was like three hundred dollars or close to three hundred dollars worth of food. For me, and I wasn't even an outreach, it was me pray for me
0: so it, was, it, was it was me the in-reach. In-reach, yeah, <laughs> so
2: as I get in the line I get this impression that comes in my mind it says he's he's gonna try to give you the food, and i'm I'm like, all right, and I'm like looking at the the guy at the the cash register, and I'm like I'm like, all right, so he rings everything up, he rings everything up, and he tells me, just go, wow and I'm and like that. You know, like, there's one thing, like, like, Joe wanted to leave. Mm. Joseph was like, this is not right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Joseph. Joseph <laughs> Joe is was a, like, yeah, yeah. We Joe, wanted to <laughs> bounce, <bro. laughs> Joe wanted to bounce, bro. Joe wanted was like, thank you, Jesus.
0: <laughs> you know? <laughs> but um, I, it, didn't, it didn't
2: sit right with me. Mm. And I, I went to the, to the car, mm. and I'm telling you, no one would know but God. Yeah. And maybe that person whose credit card got charged, because it wasn't mine. Mm-hmm. No one would know. But but God, and now I was like, I'm telling the guy, I'm like, here, I want to pay for this, take this, and he's like, no, just go. I'm like, no no no, take my money, and then now the manager comes over, and now I don't want to get this dude fired, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: so I'm like, you know yeah. what, I'm, I just bounce, so I take it and I bounce and I sit in the car and then I, I was like, this ain't right. Yeah. I think I might hit a pastor on it right away. My, like, you know, he's he's the one I hit up in those emergencies, so I. <laughs> I, um, what I did was I went back inside and I just went to the service area and I said, listen, I think there was a mistake with, with my, my bill. I just want to pay this. I had cash. Boom. Mm-hmm. Exact. Here, just fix that. And cause I didn't want to get the dude in trouble. And I left it, whether they s- chopped that up among themselves. I don't know. I mean, that's, that, that means split. If they split that among themselves. Yeah. It's not on you. It's not on me. Yep. I, I did. My hands are clean. Mm-hmm. I'm washed. But that's an example of, like, the, the devil will do things and put you in weird situations to see if you're for sale. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you can't be for sale. Good. Like, if we're going to walk Woo. this out, if we're going to honor God, there's things in, in your life that you, it, you can't you can't be for sale. And for me, it was Excellent. the area of finances because the area of finances has gotten me in trouble time and time again. I went to jail for the area of finances because I tried to make a come up and mm-hmm. got myself uh, locked up. <laughs> so, like, you know, like, because of money. Because <laughs> of money because of the greed, mm-hmm. so that the enemy knows that, so what what he tries to do is now when god's in the middle of promoting somebody, he wants to give somebody a business he wants to promote someone so now if you if you if he could if he could touch the gold right if he could go and touch the money, then he has you you're in his pocket, and then now your testimony you're not innocent no more, and then if you could if you think no one's looking but God is looking and God is watching and he's looking for someone who who has a yes in him and he's looking for someone that he could trust so if if anyone like it all goes hand in hand like honor integrity service yeah there if you can't you know you can't do any of those things first without honoring God and and you're not and you know you can't serve the uh, to the best of your capability without the, without integrity i'm sorry i'm i'm tapping the pre- <laughs> preacher and me's going i'm sorry but you can't you can't sorry Forgive me, folks, but um, you can't you can't do one without the other. <laughs> yep, they they're all hand in hand.
0: Honor, like, humility, yeah, service, integrity. You can't integrity. They're
2: all they're all attached. Kingdom, yeah. So don't be for sale.
0: That's right. You're not a hope.
2: Yeah, you already were bought. Don't 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 sell yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Joseph.
2: All right. Thank you for having
1: me.
0: Adam Lavecki here. On behalf of DK, Kim, and I, we want to thank you for listening to the Be Transformed podcast. If you have found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. Thanks again for listening to Be Transformed.